Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. Legacy. Living a life of purpose. I want to start this series today on one of my favorite topics to talk about. One of my most favorite topics to talk about, and that is living a life on mission. Living on mission. Living a life on mission. Because here's what we can do oftentimes. We can oftentimes just live our lives and go throughout our days and do our things and do our routines. And we can forget the mission or the purpose in why it is that we are doing what we're doing. And so I'm excited to talk to you today about this in James chapter four, really where we get our text for our whole series this month is this. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to do this or that, spend a year here or there, coming on with business and make money, carrying on with business and making money. Why do you even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and is gone. You're a, life is like a mist. Another translation said life is like a vapor. In Psalms, it talks about life is but a breath. Our life here on this earth is so short. I got a water bottle. Praise, praise God for the water. You can throw it to me. Praise God, I can catch. Okay. And so here's, here's what it is. Like the, the Bible says that life is like a mist. It's, it's just a, and it's gone. It's literally just a, and it's gone. Now some of us, it's just, we're getting a little older. For you college students, it's a, you know, it's a full-blown deal. But here's what's interesting. Oftentimes when we talk about legacy, we often think when I die, how will I be remembered? What will I have left? What's the mark that I would have left on this planet? That is legacy, yes. And that's a, legacy is a big term right now in the world. But legacy is not just when I die. In every season of my life, God wants me to leave a legacy. God wants me to leave a mark. So if you're at a job right now, what is the legacy that you are leaving behind in your job? If you're at school right now, what is the legacy in in your school that you are leaving? What is, because here's, if this is life, then that means the three years, four years you're in school, if that means the five years, eight years, 10 years we're at that job, we just have a, to leave a mark. What? What will people remember us as in the amount of time we are where we are? Every season of life, God is looking for us to leave a mark, a legacy in that area of our lives. Here's the question that we must constantly be asking ourselves. If I left this place today, if I left my job, if I left Tallahassee, if I left my school, if I left, if I left what it is that I'm doing, what is it that they would remember me by? That's the legacy you have left. Oh, well, he was a good guy. That's the legacy you've left. Oh, well, she was sweet. That's the legacy you've left. Oh, well, he was funny. That's the legacy you've left. What is it in our lives? I, 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 this is something I always ask myself. This is something that keeps me, I mean, it drives me. If I left Tallahassee, and I'm not, but if I left Tallahassee today, what is it that people would say about me? And the, just the amount of time that I have, what does that look like? What does my life look like? What is it surrounded by? What is the vision and the mission and the purpose? Because whatever that is, that's what's gonna be said about me. Is it, oh, well, he was just a funny guy. Great, cool. Thanks, I appreciate you thinking I'm funny. I think I'm the funniest person on the planet, but you don't have to. Here's what it is. 
Whatever it is that people will remember you by, that's the legacy that you are leaving behind. And here's what I know. God wants us to live a life on mission because he knows the legacy that we must leave has to go beyond natural things. The legacy that we are leaving is eternal. An eternal impact on people's lives is the greatest legacy we could ever leave. It's not having a big name. It's not having a statue outside of a building, uh, of, a, of an arena. I got the, the privilege to go to Chicago one time and go to the ba- Chicago Bulls basketball arena and Michael Jordan's got this huge, huge statue of himself doing the Air Jordan thing. Y'all know what it is. And so he, it's this huge statue. That's a great legacy for this moment, but that moment will fade. And here's what's interesting. That moment, that legacy that he has left is already fading. We got the younger generation already saying certain basketball players are better than him. God, they don't know what they're talking about. Forgive them for they don't know. They just have no clue. God, forgive those poor children. And if you're one of them, we're talking about you. Yes, we are. Here's the deal. The legacy that we leave has to go beyond the natural sense of, oh, they were good people. Yes, we want to be good people. Oh, they were friendly. Yes, we want to be friendly. But there is an eternal impact that God is wanting us to make while we're on this planet. Living a life on mission. Life is but a mist. What are we doing at that small time period of a mist of a life that we have? How are we spending it? What, are we, what does it look like? What does living life on mission really look like? I'm glad you asked. Mark chapter two and verse one, it says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. He was preaching God's word to them. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his, on his mat right down in front of Jesus, seeing their faith. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there said to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus immediately knew what they were thinking. So he asked, Why do you question this in your hearts? Isn't it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Many of you have heard this text of scripture. I've even taught this text of scripture, but I love this because this scripture shows us what it really looks like to really live a life on mission really live a life of purpose, to really leave the legacy that I believe God desires for us to leave. And I love this because right here in in chapter two, verse one, it says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. The place was so packed because people wanted to get close to Jesus. They wanted to hear Jesus. They wanted to hear him speaking. The room was so crowded that they had no more space, nowhere to even get into the doorway for these men. And this shows me this. What does really living life on mission look like? It starts with being passionate. It starts with a passion. A passion for what? A passion to, to, to know Christ 
and a passion to live like Christ. The, the most passionate things we should be passionate about on this planet is to know Christ and to live like Christ. The greatest passion on this planet that we should have is to know Christ. I love it. The room was so full that there was no space. People were passionate to hear Jesus. And these men wanted to go a little further. And so they dug a, roof, a hole in the roof, praise God. What does passion for Jesus really look like? When we talk about passion for Jesus and we talk about relationship with Jesus, oftentimes as believers, as humans, we can almost make it feel like it's a job. I have to now, because I'm a Christian, now I have to do these things in order to be the good Christian or the Christian that I'm supposed to be. Relationship with Jesus is not a have to. It's a privilege. Relationship with Jesus is a privilege because we know he loves us. And so because he loves us now, we're able to love him. And because we love him, now we're able to also live for him relationship with Jesus he never intended hear me God hear God's heart today God never intended for a relationship with him to be overbearing for you God never intended for a relationship with him to be an obligation for us God intended relationship for us to be something that is a joy that we look forward to not that we look like we have to. Here's what it is. If we're living out, I'm just going to talk to you for a second. If we're living out as Christians with the concept of a have to, and so we're reading and we're praying and we're studying and we're spending time with God because we have to, we're doing it with the wrong motives. And that means it means nothing. For those of us that are married, if you're spending time with your spouse because you have to, your spouse is going to slap you in the mouth. Your spouse can quickly say, your heart's not in this. But here's what happens when your heart is in it. It changes from I have to to I can't wait to. So a relationship with Jesus is I want to put my heart into this because when I do, I become passionate for him. And now it's not I have to do this. I desire and long to. Why? Because I know he is the source of everything that I need in my life. Jesus he is the good news. I hate to tell you, you take Jesus out of Christianity, you have just a bunch of rules and regulations. Jesus is Christianity. He is the source of good news. There is no greater news than Jesus. I don't care what it is you're believing for. There is no greater news than Jesus. Why? Because he chose to come so that we could be saved, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be in relationship with the Father, so that we could have eternal life. There is no greater news than Jesus. There is nothing on this planet that we should be more passionate about than Jesus. And passion, hear me, because I know I yell a lot, passion is not a volume. People come to me all the time like, oh man, I love your passion. Oh, you, when you preach, oh, you're so passionate. I love your passion, love your passion. Passion is not a volume. Passion is not how loud we can get during worship. Passion is a heart posture. It's a posture that says I'm moved because I'm so in love with who he is and what he's done for me. Passion is not a volume. You can be quiet and you could be, you could be more of an introvert and you can be just as passionate as someone that's loud and an extrovert. Passion is not a volume. Passion is a heart posture. In fact, I think sometimes us extroverts, we can fake it a little bit because we can be loud and people are like, oh, you're passionate. No, they're just loud. 
they just too loud, they need to shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, shush, you ain't, you ain't passionate. You, 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 you faking it. You know what I'm saying? And here's what I know. That there are a lot of people on our planet that are passionate about a lot of things. See, a lot of people are passionate about, passionate about their mission. But not many people, and I'm going to say not many people, but not a lot of people are passionate about the mission. See, we can get all kind of passionate about our mission. We, we want to take care of our families, and families are important. We get passionate. Oh, I got I to gotta get this job. I got to get this promotion. And that's great. Jobs and promotions are great. Oh, I got to get this education. I got to focus on this. Education is great. Nothing about education. But we should never be more passionate about those things than we are about Jesus. For those of us that are parents in the room, listen, you should be passionate about your child, absolutely. But you should be more passionate about your relationship with Jesus because if your relationship with Jesus is right, here's what happens, you're able to parent the way God has called you to parent. And so that child's gonna be raised better than you ever could do it without Jesus. We have to start with being passionate for Jesus. It's this concept of knowing. I wanna fill the room. I wanna fill the room. And I know our room's full here, but I'm not talking about just coming to a church. I'm talking about filling the room with the space in your car with worship because you're passionate for Jesus on the way to your work. You're filling the room in your home when you're cleaning the clothes and doing it. Why? Because you're passionate about Jesus. Why? Because we know he is the good news. There is no life outside of Jesus because he is the life. We must be passionate believers about Jesus. Why? Because we know that he is the source of our eternity. He, he's the source of our salvation. He's the source of our relationship with him. He's the source of our joy here. He's the source of our healing here. He is the source of all things. So we must first be passionate about it. You wanna live a life on mission. You wanna live a life of purpose. You wanna leave a legacy wherever it is that you go. It starts with passion for Jesus. It starts with passion for Jesus. I love this because it says the room was so crowded. And in verse three, it says that they, the four men arrived carrying the paralyzed man on a mat. I love this because it wasn't just passion for Jesus. It, wasn't just, it didn't just stop with let's fill the room. Then it was, let me, let me tell you something. Passion then, if I get passionate for Jesus, then what happens, an overflow comes out of me. And that overflow is compassion for others. See, if I'm, really if I'm really passionate about Jesus, it's not how loud I am. It's how compassionate I am. You can quickly tell who is passionate, by Jesus, well, passionate for Jesus by how compassionate they are about people. Compassion is an overflow. It's a fruit of passion. It manifests. Passion manifests compassion for others. Here's what the men did. I love it. They, they got the, the, the little guy and they're dragging him along and they get to the place where they're carrying him. Why? Because they were compassionate about me, allowing this man to meet Jesus because they knew Jesus was the source of his healing and his forgiveness. If we're really gonna be passionate people for Jesus, hear me, and we're talking about living a life on mission, we have to be compassionate for others around us. What we have done is we have, we have removed compassion the word compassionate, and we've allowed the word to become critical. We've become critical, critical of people that are not like us when we should be pa compassionate for those that are not like us. We become critical and critique people and criticize people for, because of what they believe or what they say or what they think. We should be compassionate about them. Why? Because this is what Jesus did. The, the passion is this, to know Jesus, but not just to stop at knowing Jesus, but to live like Jesus to be compassionate for others. There was no man on the planet that ever walked the face of the earth that was more compassionate for people than Jesus was. Compassion for others. 
What does that look like? What does compassion for others really look like? Is it just, oh, we feel bad for people or we, we feel we, won't, we don't know what to do? No, here's what compassion for people really looks like. It looks like two things. It looks like serving others around us. This is why I'm so passionate about serving. This is why at Experience Church you hear all the time about serving and serving the church and serving others and serving the community. Why? Because we're passionate about Jesus and what we want to do is we just want to show others how good he is. We serve them. This is why we're going to Louisiana. We're not going to Louisiana so that we can just feel good about ourselves. We're not, we're not feeding the hungry because we want to feel good about ourselves. Feeling the no, we're feeding people. We're, why not giving out backpacks to, uh, backpack school because we want to feel good about ourselves? We're not giving out Thanksgiving outreach bags because we want to feel good. No, what we're doing is we're serving people. Why? Because we're passionate about Jesus and we know what he's done for us. And we could never repay what he's done for us. But what we can do is we can say, God, because what you've done for us, we want to serve others around us so that they can see you through us. Compassionate for others. It's serving them, serve them. Oh my gosh, if there's gonna be one legacy that we leave on this planet, let it be that we served. Oh my goodness, let me say that again. If there's one legacy we're gonna leave and the job that you're in, let it be that you served others around you. If it's one legacy you're going to leave at your school, oh my goodness, I don't care if you're a freshman or a senior or anywhere in between. If there's one legacy you're going to leave, let it be that you served students around you. Let us be known as a people that desire and do serve others around us, not for something we can get, but because we know how much Jesus loves us and because we know how much Jesus loves us, we're passionate for him and because we're passionate for him, we're compassionate for others around us. Let us serve. The Bible says that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve others around us. You know, we can get to the place in Christianity where we feel like, you know what, we've arrived. We, we're, we're gaining all this knowledge and we're, we're getting all this. And that's great. We want to learn knowledge. But if it's just knowledge, if it stops at knowledge, we've missed the heart of God. The heart of God is not just to gain knowledge, but to go and serve those around us. Why? Because he'd rather us serve than know. He wants us to know, yes, he wants us to know about him, but he'd rather know him in relationship and he'd rather us serve others around him. Why? Because he wants others to see him through us. Compassionate for others around us, serving them. Another, it, there's two parts to being compassionate. It's serving, but then it's also sharing. Serving and sharing. Sharing, what are you talking by that? What, what does that look like? I'm glad you asked. Let me show it to you in Revelation chapter 12 and verse one. It says this, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto death. And they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. There's two things that we share when we're talking with people, when we're sharing. Here's what it is. We share the gospel. We share the good news, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We share our stories. People come to me oftentimes and say, you know, I don't know what to tell people when I'm talking to them about God. He says, this is what you do. You share the gospel, who Jesus is and what he's done. And then you share your story. Let them see, let them hear what God has done in your life. Because I'm telling you, here's what happens. There's a faith that is built when you hear. You know what? God got me through that divorce. You know what? God got me through that addiction. You know what? God got me free and healed from that situation or that sickness. God got, and here's what happens. The faith is built in them. And, the, and we're sharing the gospel of the good news of who he is and what he's done for us. And now we're allowing people to see him through us by us, one, serving them, but then also sharing with them. 
I oftentimes say as well, and you've probably heard me say this, that we, when we serve, you know, we, we're serving to open the door to people's hearts to be able to hear the gospel. We're relationally investing in people because we desire for them, their hearts to be open so that they can hear the good news of who Jesus is and hear our stories. Otherwise, here's what happens. They think, well, you just want me to just believe what you believe. No, we want you to know that you're loved. And then from knowing that you're loved, now let me explain why you're loved. Does that make sense? So important we do this. And then, and, and, you know, we're, we're, with the serving and with the sharing, you know, we can look at our country and we can look at our city and we can look at our, our state and we can look at our world and there's so much need. Like, honestly, if we're being honest with one another, there is so much need that really you could look anywhere right now and find a need. There is so much need. And what can happen is, at least for me, what can happen is there's so much need that here's what happens. The thought process of, oh, well, we, 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 we can't help everybody. And oh, we, we can't feed everybody. And oh, we, 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 we can't serve everybody. And okay, how, and there's so much need. Okay, oh, what am I gonna, how, oh, we can't do everybody. Well, here's, here's, here's the, the thought on that. That's the enemy just trying to lie to us because here's what we know. Yes, we may not be able to serve everybody, but we can serve somebody. Don't let everybody stop you from serving somebody. You may, have a, you may work in a large, a large corporation. You're like, I can't bless everybody. I can't, I can't be there for everybody. I can't talk to everybody. I can't, I can't share. I can't. Yeah, don't let everybody keep you from somebody. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Before you wake up, that you would pray, God, in my path today, send someone that I can serve. Send someone that I can share with. And then watch as God ordains your steps throughout the day. He may not send you everybody, but he'll send you somebody. Don't let everybody keep you from somebody because here's what happens. Then we get to the place of where we can't serve everybody so then we don't serve anybody. And because we don't serve anybody, then people don't see Jesus. No, it starts with let me just continue to serve somebody. And then what happens is God uses that somebody to serve somebody. And then God uses that somebody to serve somebody. And then over time, guess what happens? God begins to make a move on the behalf of our city because we were just willing to say, I want to serve somebody. I want to share with somebody. The mission, it's, it, it, goes about, it goes with being passionate for Jesus. It goes with being compassionate for others. We can't really live a life of purpose eternally if we're not passionate for Jesus and we're not compassionate for others. I'm, I'm starting this slogan. You could take it, you could use it, you could tattoo it on yourself if you want. Don't do that, okay? All the college students are gonna call their parents like, Pastor Jordan said I could get a tattoo, ha! It's, like, it's just the thought process of this concept of when I'm serving, just, just do something. Just do something. I can't do everything. Just do something. I can't, I can't give that much. Just do something. I don't know what to say. I don't know where to, I don't know how to talk. I don't know the Bible verses. Just say something. Just say something. It's, just, I'm, I, it's my new slogan. Just do something. Okay, what, what can we do? I don't know. Just do something. You may not be able to do a whole lot. It may be so small. But I do know the God that we serve, he uses small seeds of faith to build people's lives. And you never know the one serving opportunity you may have to do something where you may give someone something or you may go and take someone somewhere or you may help them with clothing. Just the one small seed God could use to change their eternity forever. We're living a life of, on mission. The mission is this. It's an eternal impact on people's lives. Well, it doesn't feel like we're making an impact. It doesn't matter how we feel. We live by faith. Here's the faith. I'm planting the seed. 
and I'm letting God be God in their lives. Let's just do something. Don't wait on the church. Don't wait. Well, listen, we do outreaches all the time, but you don't have to wait. Oh, the monthly outreach isn't, isn't this week. You know what? I'm good. I'm just going to go to the mall. I'm just going to shop. I'm not going to worry about who's around me. I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to yell at people at work, and I'm good. You don't have to wait for the church to do an outreach. Just do something. Ask God, what can I do today? Because God wants you to live on mission every day. And that mission is always and should be always an eternal impact on people's lives. What can I do today? What can I do today? Just do something. I don't know what it is. Just do something. I don't know what to say. Just say something. Because in the end, here's what I know. God takes that small something and he changes people for an eternity. Mark chapter two and verse two, it says, soon the house where they were staying was so packed with visitors and there was more room even outside the door while he was preaching God's word. Four men carried, uh, arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on the mat right down in front of Jesus. I love this. There was passion for Jesus compassion for others, this passion that overflows into compassion. But then uh, living a life on mission, it's not just passionate, it also participates. There's this participation that happens. These men, the, the, the crowd was full. Most people would have said, well, there's no space for us. We'll just have to come back or we'll try again. We'll wait till he leaves. These men just got creative and said, no, you know what we're gonna do? We don't know who, how, whose house this is, but we're gonna cut a hole in the house. And then what we're going to do is we're going to lower the man right in front of Jesus. I mean, can you imagine Jesus preaching all of a sudden? It's like, ah, 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 ah. there's the guy. They said, I'm going I'm to participate in this. I'm going I'm to be compassionate, yes, but I'm also going to take a moment. I'm going to participate. And what does participate look like? Here's what it is. I, I believe this, that without these four men, this man would not have been able to experience Jesus. I believe this, that we're to be passionate about Christ, passionate to, for, to know him and passionate to live like him. But then also, I think it's important that we understand we're also called to participate in community. Participate in community. Community, I believe this, is one of the greatest blessings that we have on this planet. One of the greatest blessing, blessings we've been given is community, connection with others, these four men, they're willing to give of themselves to allow this man to meet Jesus, to experience Jesus, and to then also, and not just experience him, but then experience freedom in Jesus. We as a church, we believe in community. You know this. We're doing small group expo. This is not a plug for small group expo, but it kind of is. We would love for you to participate in small groups. It's very difficult, hear me, it's very difficult to grow in your faith. It's very difficult to live life on mission if we're just attending a church service once a week, once every other week, a couple of times a month, once a month. And I'm not making fun of anybody that does that, but I'm telling you, if you really wanna live a life on mission, if you really wanna be passionate for Jesus, we have to get plugged into community for those women and men around us that are like-minded, that are, that are dreaming and living and pushing to do the same things we're doing. There's two types of community in this, in this, mess, in this, this series, in this text, excuse me. Two types, I love it. It says the room was full. That's a community. 
These people were in the room listening to Jesus. They wanted to see Jesus. The room was so full though, here's what happens. The room was so full, there's these other men with this other community that said, even though it's full, I gotta go a little bit deeper and a little bit further because I wanna experience Jesus. See, a lot of people, hear me, I might step on some toes. A lot of people are good with just hearing about Jesus. But God is looking, he says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. He says, come close to me and I'll come close to you. God is looking for people that are not just willing, wanting to hear about him, but are willing to get around a group of people that say, you know what, I want to seek after him. Isn't it interesting that these men get to this house, the crowds are hearing Jesus. If we know Jesus, he's probably talking about the love of God. He's talking about, he's talking about salvation. He's talking about forgiveness. He's probably talking about healing. They know these people that have heard him. And he's, they've seen him move and do miracles and all these things. And these men bring in a paralyzed man. Now, wouldn't you think they're hearing Jesus. Wouldn't you think that they would say, you know what? We need to move out the way. We need to make space for, uh, to allow this man to receive what this man Jesus is talking about. But they were so consumed with learning that they stopped loving. Don't ever allow yourself to get caught up in, you're so caught up in learning that we stop loving and living like Christ. What they should have done is said, oh my gosh, let me get out the way. Let me step back. Let me remove myself. Let me allow you to have space. Why? Because I know that if you get to Jesus, Jesus is going to take care of you. See, the purpose, the mission, the goal of every Christian should be this, getting people to Jesus. Not knowing more about Jesus, knowing more about Jesus does nothing if we can't get people to Jesus. Because we know this, Jesus is the one that changes. Jesus is the one that heals. Jesus is the one that forgives. Jesus is the one that brings eternal life. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Living a life on mission. There's two different communities. There's the ones that are good with just being in the room, hearing about Jesus. Then there's these other ones that are there. They're, they're saying, you know what? We got to gather together and now we need to get closer to Jesus. We need to push ourselves. What can we do? How can we drive ourselves to go closer? And I love small groups because this is what small groups do. Small groups drive us to, to live closer, to be more like Christ. Drive us to live, to live more in relationship with Christ. Small groups are about us driving ourselves to get closer, to seek God. And that is why it's so important that we would be a people, a community that says, I want to get in. I want to participate. Why? Because if we don't participate, here's what happens. We become spectators. This is what the Pharisees were. The Pharisees in the story. They weren't participating. They could care less what Jesus was doing or not Jesus. They were doing or not doing. What they were doing is they were saying, I want to spectate. Why? Because I'm trying to find something wrong with this situation. Here's what happens. If we get to the place where we're participating, not participating, and we're spectating, we will get to the place where we automatically begin to criticize. Well, so-and-so in that small group's doing that, and so-and-so in that small group's doing that, and that, the church is full of hypocrites, and the pastor, he's a, he's a moral, you know, whatever, whatever you say. You know, one of the greatest mistakes, the church as a whole, not just our church, I think the greatest, one of the greatest mistakes the church as a whole makes is that we get to the place as believers, as Christians, that we come to church 
with the expectation as we start to evaluate church, the church experience. I know I keep using the word experience. <laughs> See what I'm doing? We evaluate church based on what I can get and not what I can give. We were never meant to get to the place. I love these four men because they weren't going to Jesus saying, what can I get from you? They weren't getting in the crowd, which would be considered a church, the congregation. They weren't getting in saying, okay, what can I receive? Here's what they did. They said, I want to get to the place where I know God wants to use me. And as God uses me, here's what happens. As I serve this man in my community, here's what happens. This man then experiences God. And these four men made an internal impact on this man's life that nobody else did. Why? Because they got to the place where they said, we're not, gonna, we're not just going to be spectators. We're not just going to be people that just spectate. Now, this may be your first time. You're like, man, I'm just checking this church out. Totally cool. But, and that's great. And you can check out as many churches as you want, but there has to be a time in your life where you get to the place where you plant yourself. Because if you don't plant yourself, you never can truly participate in community the way God has called you to. So that means you're never able to make the impact that God wants you to have because here's what happens. He, he, if, we, if we're not planted, we won't flourish and do the things God's called us to do to the ability we can if we're planted. God wants us at all times, whether it's this church or somewhere else. And somewhere else is great. Listen, there are incredible churches in this community. Find a place you can plant. Why? Because when you do, you plant and then you begin to participate and serve others. And as you serve others, here's what happens. God begins to allow you to see you make an eternal impact on others' lives. Not only that, here's what's cool. God begins to take care of you and your life as you serve others. What's the purpose? What's the purpose of living on mission? What's the purpose of participating in community? What's the purpose of being passionate for Jesus? I'm glad you asked very quickly as we close today in Mark chapter two and verse 10. So I'll prove to you that the son of man has the authority in order to forgive sins. This Jesus turned, Jesus turned a paralyzed man said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. The man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. Three things, the purpose of why we live a life on mission. It says that he forgave his sins salvation the goal of every christian hear me the goal of every christian is to populate heaven the goal of every single christian everything that we do should revolve around populating heaven well i'm just trying to be a parent i'm just trying to raise my kid to not do bad things yes that's exactly what i'm talking about you're at a place where your your goal is to populate heaven with your child and then what happens is you make that child an influencer and that child begins to populate heaven with their friends and their family members. Here's what it is. The goal of every Christian starts with populating heaven. Then the Bible says that, he says, get up, walk. I love this. See, we don't, we don't just, God doesn't just stop at salvation and eternal life. He then gives us the opportunity. He allows us to be healed allows us to see people's lives around us be healed emotionally, physically, spiritually. Then he says, now go. I love this. So this is the process of salvation, it's healing, but then it's discipleship. And then it's not just salvation and discipleship. Then it's able to walk in obedience to who and what God has called us to do. This is the purpose. Living a life of, on mission is so that we can allow ourselves to be passionate about Jesus, to be compassionate about others, to build community around us and participate in community. Why? So that we can be a people that see heaven populated. I'm telling you, there is no greater feeling on the planet 
than when you allow yourself to be a, a, a vessel of God and he allows you to see one of your friends or one of your family members give their lives to Christ. He, you allow yourself to, to plant the seed and God waters that seed and God grows that seed and God changes that person for eternity. I love this story because these four men did not change the man. They just got him to Jesus and let Jesus be Jesus. See, oftentimes Christians, we try to change people before we ever get them in church. No, let's just be examples and love them and serve them and honor them and take care of them. And then let's get them to Jesus and then let's let Jesus be Jesus in their lives. Jesus is greater than us. He can change hearts. We cannot. Here's what happens. If you can convince someone to get saved, someone else will convince them to not be saved. But here's what happens. If you get them to Jesus and Jesus changes them, they have an experience with him. Nothing can change them. Let us be a church. I'm closing. I promise we got another service. Praise God. Let us be a church. Hear me. Let us be a church that lives on mission. If you never hear another message and you just say every other message is just void, let this message be stuck in your heart. Let us be a church, a group of Christians that live a life that are passionate for Jesus and compassionate for others. That it will get us to the place where we say, I'll do whatever I need to do. I'll serve wherever I need to serve. I'll give whatever I need to give. Why? Because I want people to see Jesus through me. I want to give people the opportunity to have an eternal impact, to find healing in their lives, and to walk out and live in obedience to Christ. Let us be a church that leave the greatest legacy we could ever leave. The legacy of Jesus Christ in their lives. There's no greater life. There's no greater life than living a life on mission for him. Amen. Can we pray today, Father?